0: So, Chris, guess what? Ooh, what? Uh, af- so, two weeks ago, you asked everybody... Well, you asked me, and then you asked everybody on the podcast what the uh, favorite fall movie was. Uh-huh. And you inspired me to watch uh, You've Got Mail, which I had never seen and would not have associated what? with fall previously. Oh, uh, yes. yes, I'd never seen it before. So, I watched it, I think, the weekend... No, I watched it last weekend, um, last Friday. And I have to tell you that... Maybe the biggest horror I have seen this uh, fall season was whatever disgusting dish is at that cocktail party where Daddy scrapes Tom, the caviar uh, off of Tom Hanks' character. Yes, scrapes that caviar off of the side. It's like a mashed potato and caviar casserole. It's the nastiest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's disgusting. What? What even is it? So I don't know if you saw it, but like.
1: We watched it last weekend because I was like, dude, Sarah, we have to watch this because it's been, you know, it's fall. It's, we're like deep. We're not deep in October. It's like the beginning of October. Like, it's too late. We need to watch this now. And we watched it. <laughs> I kept pausing on that point, And she's like, what is that? And I was like, I don't even know what it is because we we're just reciting the, 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 mo- or the dialogue from it. That's a, that's a garnish. What are you doing? I, the, the best, that's one of the best scenes in the entire film. But, But I've never actually looked at the dish and questioned what it was. It it, it looks kind of disgusting. It looks like something that would be done in the 50s, but with caviar
0: scattered around it. Oh, nasty. Horrible. Uh, Gross. It's almost as gross as um, some of the things that I saw in the movie Malignant, which I also finished <laughs> over the weekend. Oh, my God. I just started Did watching watch
1: it. No, I just started watching it, and I fell asleep. Ooh. Not because it was bad, but just because I was tired.
0: <laughs> you liked it? You, uh, I think it was beautifully shot. And I will say that um, there will be people who <laughs> think there's some really wild stuff that happens. But I will have to say some of the twists in that movie uh, – are are pretty good for some kind of crazy Ooh, shock value. I'm so excited. I I recommend it. It was enjoyable. It's on HBO Max for like not very much longer. So if I think it's oh. only like a few more days. So if you have HBO Max, I recommend everybody go check it out while you still can because it's it's entertaining, uh for sure. Um, not, you know, it, it's I thought it was kind of unique. Um before we move on,
1: can I point out back to um You've got mail how like sweet it is. It's such a good movie. Did you like it?
0: I I did like it and I think it's very sweet. My only complaint with it is that the big box bookstore w- like he wins the day in the end just because he's a nice guy. Yeah. And, you know, um, I agree. I agree. I really I really think a more suitable ending for that movie would have been for Tom Hanks to you know, give up his share in Fox Books and to reopen the bookshop around the corner or whatever it's called. The, the shop, shop around the, the corner. corner. Anyway.
1: we we've been Should talk- we talk about some real yeah. horror?
0: <laughs> we've been talking way
1: too long about this, sorry. Yes, let's move on.
0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story. An unofficial podcast about the FX hit show, American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host.
1: Chris Husted, what's up everyone? Uh, Holy cow. I feel like I say that a lot, but like episode 8? We're almost finished.
0: This is is a lot. That's right. There's only two more left after this episode in the full season. Only two more episodes left in Death Valley. Uh, We only have two more episodes left to see if we tie anything back to Red Tide. There's a lot writing. I feel like, on these last two episodes.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that we're not going to get the tie-in, or we might get a little like blip at the end or something, because there's way too much to cover at this point in, uh, in uh, Death Valley, but I don't know
0: how you feel. I, like... I have some notes on that, too, at the end. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> seeming less likely, unfortunately. Um, but a lot to unpack here. This was an interesting episode, lots of historical references, all sorts of things we're going to dive into here shortly. Um, but first of all, a couple of, uh, things I wanted to cover as always. Thank you to everybody who reaches out with, you know, with emails, with, um, messages, everything, you know, to, to our different accounts, um, thoughts, theories, comments, whatever this American horror story at gmail.com or facebook.com slash this American horror story. We really appreciate it when you reach out a couple things from over the past week. Uh, we had many listeners who, uh, reached out to say, and this is in, this included many of our gay listeners too, lest anyone here think that it was just you know, uptight straight people who were kind of having these thoughts, that uh, the highly sexualized portrayal of the college students in last episode was a little bit gratuitous and a little bit seemed like the writers were trying to push the boundaries in a way that was not, you know, it, it was over the top to a certain extent that it was bothering people. And it kind of took people out of the story. I think you and I kind of mentioned it too, where it was just like, you know, it seems like a little bit, you know, this whole, the whole Giardia conversation was a little bit of a, like a tangent conversation, not really relevant to anything. And it was kind of like, what's, what's the point of this relevant to the story? You know what I mean? Yeah, it was highly sexualized for sure. Mm-hmm. So that seemed to be the consensus. And a lot of people, that's where we kind of got the references. Like this feels a lot more like American horror stories and kind of some of the things we saw in that franchise than it does to our typical American horror story. A couple other things to note. Uh, Michaela on Facebook had an interesting thing she shared with us about this whole time loss theory they talked about last episode, mm. in which, you know, things that are, hap- um, I guess that th- th- this is a real concept called time dilation. And basically the theory is that when you travel at or close to the speed of light, as you probably would if you're in the depths of outer space, if anyone's you know certainly watched Star Trek or Star Wars, um, time slows down for you, but not for everyone on Earth um so you could be gone for one minute in U time but for like 100 years in earth time so there's weird time shaping uh things that happen in light speed i mean i think we were kind of a little bit feeling the reverse of that happening last episode where it was like it seemed like on earth they were only gone for a second but it f- you know they were nine months pregnant already or um amelia Earhart had felt like she hadn't you know didn't know what year it was and felt like she hadn't you know she hadn't aged at all and hadn't been gone hardly at all so the idea being that sp- The space-time continuum can screw up perception of time and things like that. So there's some real theory associated with it. Next point of order is, uh, obviously, there's a whole lot of birthing things happening. In this episode, there was a lot of things happening all this season. This is a continuous kind of theme throughout American Horror Story, all the seasons we talk about birth. Um, You and I mentioned last episode that there was some folks who were maybe a little bit... um, expressing some listeners who are maybe expressing some distaste or uh, dislike of the vivid descriptions and talk of the natural birth process. Yeah. And really the thought being here that, you know, that kind of has some sexist undertones when you kind of phrase it that way because it's really just part of the, the circle of life, you know, and the birthing process and everything like that. So important to call out that, you know, placentas, all these things, these aren't gross things. These are just part of, part of natural childbirth. And It's biology.
1: You know, it's where you came from.
0: Exactly right. And so I think we need to all be a little bit more open minded and accept that too. And finally, we had a number of listeners who were interested to hear the name. Uh, May you speak it very clearly, maybe spell it out into the microphone, of the movie you suggested last week about the attack that happens at the radio station. There's a yes. lot of people interested in finding this movie.
1: It's Ponty Pool. It's spelled P O N T Y P O O L. And it's a film that came out, I believe, in 2008, and it's a Canadian film. And I don't think there's any like, like well-named actors that I was aware of in it. But um, if you watch this film, please like, let us send us a message on our Facebook or our Gmail because it is one of my favorite movies, and I think it's fantastic. It sets a very, it's a very atmospheric thriller type film where, and I last week i had said that it's the apocalypse is happening outside but it is some sort of a zombie apocalypse where they don't know how the whatever is changing people how it's carrying how it's carried from person to person and the people at the radio station are trying to figure it out and certain things happen in the radio station and you sort of figure it out by the end of it, but it, it is, it was, it's just a well, like it would be a really amazing stage play if it wasn't a stage play. I'm, I, I'm not sure if it wasn't, but it's, it's fantastic. So I, I really recommend everyone's watching Ponty Pool, P O N T Y P
0: O O L. Sounds like a must watch. Now, before we dive in to, before we dive in to inside, <laughs> Chris, what are you drinking this evening?
1: I have a glass of Cabernet from Layer Cake, the uh, the um, wine making company from, and they're based out of California. What what are you yeah. having?
0: That's fancy wine, isn't it?
1: It is kind of fancy. Yeah, I it was the only one that had the screw top uh, when I was heading downstairs to the TV to watch what's happening. I had a glass mm-hmm. of something else before I finished that, and I was like, all right, I'm heading downstairs to watch American Horror Story, and I didn't want to open a bottle and. This was the only screw top. So, hey,
0: fancy night. Hey, you're from Napa, so you, know, you, you, <laughs> have, you have the cred. You have the <laughs> cred. Um, I finally found, and I am drinking, contrary to my traditional fall no. drink, this is hot cider with bourbon. I finally found Ooh. my cider. I'm in the midst of fall, feeling it. I watched, um, I watched You've Got Mail, so now I'm really in the fall mood. Hell yeah. And I am digging... Uh, the horror vibes. I am fully immersed in all things horror. I'm also watching Midnight Mass. Uh, I am m- excited to hear more horror recommendations of other things people are watching right now. So it's always, you can send those to us. But we need you now to take us through the cold open. All
1: right, buckle up because there's a lot of references, presidential references, in this <laughs> opening, and it's a fairly long one. I think it was about like eight or ten, eight to ten minutes long. Anyway, we're back on the golf course, so we're in our black and white um, uh, era of the sci-fi portion of Death Valley, and we're back on the golf course, 1963, Richard Nixon is there, and if people don't remember Richard Nixon was Eisenhower's uh, vice president. And they are both uh, back in that time, they were both in the Republican party, which then something a little different than it does now, but okay. Um, But Nixon knows about the, I'm assuming the aliens at this point, because he's referencing this thing. Uh, And Nixon wants to know if uh, Eisenhower is going to tell Jack, who is JFK Jr., uh, the new president because it is not 1963 which nixon was or sorry uh nixon lost to jfk in that race and i believe it was 62 or 60 62 um, i can't i i know this i know this i should know this
0: i do not know which year
1: i know we were we were just babies back then how old were we we weren't alive <laughs> in the early <laughs> 60s um 62 62 sorry 62 i haven't my notes okay anyway um ike says that he should have fired hoover who he never liked and hoover was someone who was president before and then he's kind of been a part of a lot of the uh cabinets after he was a president anyway uh, Nixon says that I shouldn't abandon the motto of never making mistakes in a hurry, and Eisenhower says he did nothing for several months, so he left. He let it be after the whole incident, um, and then he says that uh, he's that or Nixon says that JFK is going to find out the truth because Bobby Kennedy, who was the Attorney General at the time in 1963. Is making uh inquiries about the black budget and a black budget is kind of the uh classified budget for secret things that people don't that regular people are going to know about or a lot of a lot of even high-ranking government officials are not going to know about uh and nixon also says jfk is soft so that's foreshadowing for sure what's coming down the road uh then we get to the next scene uh off the golf course and we're in the Oval Office. And JFK, it's with JFK, it's with Eisenhower, and it's with Nixon. Um, and at the time, Nixon was back to... he. So he had lost the race against JFK. So he, was, he did some other things, but he uh, moved to New York City and he was practicing law again. Hence the reference where Jack, JFK, is like, hey, how's New York treating you? And he's like, oh, I saw an American or something like that. He makes a, uh, um, a reference to seeing someone who is not a immigrant or someone who is not a white person, essentially. (laughs) Um, anyway, Eisenhower hands JFK the photos from the incident that we learned about last episode where they found Amelia Earhart and the, the child body that they found in the ship. um, also in this scene is fantastic. The angles they use when JFK is like discovering it, it gets all like twisted and very sci-fi, very, it was, it was, it was well done. Um, and then we find out that 5,000 people a year are sacrificed to these, this alien nation in exchange for the technology and for, and in Nixon's words, to dominate the world. Cause that's the most important thing. The technology to win wars
0: mm-hmm.
1: then we get a cut to another scene and we have JFK in bed shirtless looking very fit uh, with this beautiful blonde who we all immediately probably recognize as an actress playing Marilyn Monroe and they're in bed Marilyn Monroe says you know she, JFK starts telling her a little bit about what's going on and she says you know I woke up in the middle of the night As a little girl and she had this teddy bear That she didn't even know where it came from Because her foster parents Never gave her toys Uh, And this bright light comes through It's a teddy bear and the bright light comes through And then all of a sudden she looks at the teddy bear again And has the alien eye or one alien eye Or something like that Um, And that really scared her Uh, JFK says You know well I can't tell Jackie about this this is why I've told You which obviously we're talking about uh, Jackie Onassis Uh, Marilyn Monroe says, well, you need to tell the American people the truth, which this is very interesting. I'll bring it up after I finish this. Remind me to bring this up. Um, Anyway, then we get Nixon calling Eisenhower and saying that JFK is going to point and he's drunk. uh, And he says this is he's like, Eisenhower's like, are you drinking? And he's like, yeah, I have a reason to drink in this situation.
0: But Nixon was known for making drunk phone calls.
1: Exactly. Also, uh, we should reference that the uh, when when Eisenhower is talking about Nixon sweating so much on the golf course, that is a reference to one of his first debates, I believe, when he was just sweating a lot. And JFK was much more composed and had his makeup and his lighting correct. So Nixon is not known for being the most, you know, photogenic, ready camera ready type of dude, (laughs) obviously. Um, But anyway, Nixon tells Eisenhower that uh, JFK is going to point the finger at you, Ike, um, and they have to do something and they have to prepare. And then cut to the
0: title sequence. What were you going to say about Marilyn Monroe and telling the truth to the American people?
1: So this takes place in 1963. Marilyn Monroe died in 1962. So something's up there and there's a lot of, conspiracy theories about how she died and when she died and why she died. So uh, it's interesting that 1963 that we have Marilyn Monroe
0: there. Still alive. Yeah. Still alive. Uh, Yeah. That is interesting. Do we know how, how did she die in real life? I don't know. I don't remember exactly. I'm looking that...
1: Up right now. So one of the theories is that she was murdered because she knew too much about UFOs. So I wonder if that oh, has something to do with this.
0: Now you have to. Ble- did you watch the preview for next episode? I did. When we see her again, Mar- Marilyn comes back. So you have to wonder she if does. maybe we see some things connected to this. A um, couple things I wanted to point out too. while you, you know, you look it up. First one being, uh, again, we're getting the portrayal of another presidential affair. In this episode, and again, you can't help but connect it to American Crime Story that is also happening at the same time, and maybe some subliminal some, uh, excuse me, subliminal marketing efforts uh, taking place here for that, that series. Um, the other thing I wanted to call out, too, is the uh, actor who played Nixon, I think, gets a special recognition for this episode. I thought he did a great job. The actor's name is Craig Schaefer, and um, he is... He's been around for a long time, but in all sorts of stuff. One of the more recent shows that people, younger people, millennials, might be familiar with is he was on the show One Tree Hill in, you know, probably that was like the early 2000s, right, or something. But he was in A River Runs Through It, the like classic movie with Brad Pitt. I love that
1: book, too, by the way. That book is
0: amazing. I've never read it. And he was also in the 1984 uh, movie Voyage of the Rock Aliens, which I just thought was funny that he was in a movie. That was called that, and he's now in a show about aliens, obviously. So, you know, who knows why they pick the actors they do, especially when Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk kind of go to the Nostalgia Trove to Right, right. Yeah, you know, feature somebody. Yeah.
1: Marilyn Monroe died of a barbiturate overdose, is mm. what, was what it says. Like te- her technical dose of, or overdose of that. And that's mm. for. Depression and things like that. So, um,
0: got it. Okay, good. Yeah, good background yeah. info. So, people should let's yeah. carry that into next episode when we revisit Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Um, it's worth noting again that the writers on these ep- this episode are the same three as last week: Brad Falchuk, of course, who's been a writer on every episode this season; Manny Koto, who's been a writer on a lot of episodes this season, um, plus pretty much carried all the best episodes of American Horror Stories, and Karen Rydell. Kristen, um, also. Sorry, Kristen, right now. Thank you. I wrote it down as Karen. Uh, also, the director of this episode was Tessa Blake, who has mm-hmm. directed all sorts of things. Um, I think some NCIS and stuff, but also, more recently, episodes of Riverdale. Um, was pretty successful in that. Now, digging into the rest of this episode, uh, and again, we connect the past to the future in this episode. Although, I, we spend more time in the past in this episode, I believe, than we did in episode one of Death Valley. Yeah. Um, we Definitely. start off with yeah. We started off with this knowledge that the microwave was a, a alien technology. <laughs> I kind of love that. Mm-hmm. As Ike and his wife sit down to eat, and of course they're watching TV, and this is when they get the update that JFK was assassinated. Assassinated, and the clear insinuation here, right, is that JFK was killed because he was going to let the American people know right. about. Uh, the connection to the aliens. So I think you know it's kind of interesting tie-in. You know, I'm not sure uh, how familiar a lot of our listeners are with you know the conspiracy theory history around JFK. I feel like oh my god, that's not, that's not talked about as much as it even was. I don't know. I remember I lived in Dallas when I was probably I don't know twelve or something like that, and went and you did at Sixth Street Museum. I moved around a lot, but uh, you know, there's still people outside of that museum who like you know are selling books of conspiracy theories and stuff like that about who you know who who the, the second gunman was, and there's all these different questions so the mossy hill yep is that yeah, what it's, also, is
1: that what it's called
0: uh the grassy knoll the grassy knoll sorry
1: the mossy <laughs> hill sorry <That's> okay. <laughs> sorry um and then also like it's, it's even uh um if anyone's seen the movie the Rock with Nicholas Cage. Um. At the end of that movie, he finds out who the real killer of JFK was because, um, uh, shoot, what's his name? Have you seen The Rock
0: years ago? Is that Sean Sean Connery? Connery.
1: Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Um, tells him where to find it, and they, him and his lady, drive off to Nick Cage and his lady drive off, and they find the the microfilm, and then they. find out who killed JFK. So anyway, it's a big thing. I'm sure like our older listeners definitely know this. Our younger listeners, this is a thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, especially given, you know, the ubiquity of conspiracy theories today, it's like, this was one of the OG conspiracy theories in a lot of 100%. ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh hundred percent. mm But Mamie Eisenhower, basically as, as I kind of is feeling very troubled by this, he wants you know, Mamie to call Jackie and touch base and stuff. And she's like, you know, fuck Jackie. You, you, you did what you had to do and you should stand by it. And, um, you know, I, I some d- troubled by it.
1: By the Go way, ahead. I didn't say, I didn't say that to be like, Jackie sucks. No, Mamie's like Jackie. She does not like Jackie. She says she only got scorned when she talked to Jackie. She doesn't want to even talk to her. She, and that he needs to be proud because he did the first country. Yeah. But there, right. I, I, I'm curious about that relationship. This is very American crime story in a way, like learning all the gossip between certain figures. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm, I like it. Yeah.
0: Uh, From here, of course, we flash back to the origins of the agreement, which is really classic
1: American horror story.
0: To to where we started, you know, last episode. Um, We have a great scene that this is one of my favorite scenes of the episode where uh, Ike is in the boardroom with the generals, and he sends he sends away the priest. because I think he says something like there's nothing to pray for or something like that. It's like this very yeah. dramatic scene. I Not kind of enjoyed anymore. it. Yeah, I yeah, love that. Yeah. Um, the aliens, we learned, have made a proposal. And this is when they want to do this this treaty. And, you know, there's people. It seems like the generals are pretty torn on it. Some are like, well, we can use this as technology to fight the Russians. Another guy is like, there's, you know, this is selling our souls. We shouldn't do this. Uh, but then subject one, a.k.a. Maria. Maria. Floats in. And she brings them radiation absorbing metal, which she lets everyone know is invisible to radar. So this is the idea. This is where, you know, America started to really develop our our super advanced technologies, Um, technologies that could triple electronic device speeds, things like that. Of course, one general decides he's going to stand by his morals and say no, and his head explodes. So Mm -hmm. you have to think to a certain degree, there was not a whole lot of choice in what was happening here but we get a little more background on the aliens. You know, we l- learn that for whatever reason, their species is dying. This feels very Superman. And- <laughs> I was going to say sex. even like as far back as like DC comics, Superman, yeah. that people of Krypton or whatever. Um, and their people are going extinct. So they must find a way to live on. And so they want to do it on earth, but it requires basically figuring out how to co-breed with humans. Um, Because they're in their native alien form. There's too many toxins and viruses on on planet Earth for them to survive. Yeah. Uh, And we learned that apparently, well, then they explode Maria's head. But then they make some (laughs) reference that like our original subject, it didn't work. And of course, we'll remember from last episode, Amelia Earhart was pregnant. And we learned quickly that she has died in childbirth. And we have this scene where I cast to go into the... uh, I guess it's like the operating room with his gun holstered and there's blood everywhere and then he has to shoot the small floating baby like baby. a creature. Yeah. Which is a little a little disturbing but we don't see too much in it at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, he's disturbed by a lot of what's happening here. He's still not sold on whether or not to do this deal but meanwhile, back at home, you know, Mamie is... <laughs> she's planning some social events with some big name stars here. Rock she- Hudson and different people.
1: Yeah, in Dora State, this is where I've, like, I kind of noted that she's acting, she was already sort of, like, she was supportive earlier on, and now she's acting a little more manipulative.
0: Mm-hmm, because Ike is clearly torn, he's drinking heavily, and she seems intent to convince him that he needs to, you know, I think she doesn't have the background, or, he te- he tells her what's what's going on and kind of gives her the scenario, and she... She's like, well, you can't let the Russians have an upper hand on you. So she is being pretty straightforward at this point in time about what she wants him to do. And there is a little bit of a gleam in her eye at this point in time.
1: Yeah. In and, and this is like at least the second or third time, third time at least, because Nixon referenced it. the One of the generals referenced it. And then Mamie's referencing it about the Russians. And at this time, the Red Scare is a big thing. The Cold War. You know, Important it's happening. context, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the, like, letting the Russians get control of something is a big fear for uh, American's gov American government.
0: Well, and the space race was happening now between mm-hmm. the Soviet Union and the US. There was all sorts of geopolitics happening in that regard. Um, and there was a lot of fear around nuclear war and things like that, too. Mm-hmm. And so, it was a time of, of tension for sure. Uh, but we quickly found out that Mamie brings in Nixon uh, behind Ike's back. Mm. And we, mm. we kind of learned that, um, you know, maybe I, I, Ike was not such a big fan of Nixon at this point in time, at least, but they kind of, they become tied together by the events that, you know, the knowledge that they share, I think and the deal that they make over time. But, um, you know, she's pulling strings the way she seems is that she's pulling strings to make sure Ike doesn't get brought down by what's happening with the aliens. Um, Again, I want to just say, first of all, Sarah Paulson, uh, ex- a really wonderful acting. I mean, between such dramatically different characters as TV, Karen and Mamie Eisenhower, Jeez. uh, it's awesome.
1: Sarah Paulson playing Mamie rocking the Gale Weathers from scream Two, banks. You know, if anyone's going to pull it off, Sarah Paulson can do it.
0: And again, the actor playing Nixon is, is killing it as well. Um, and so, you know, Nixon goes to talk to Eisenhower. He has this whole great pitch about how they're going to use the, the alien technology against the aliens someday. Technology is power. Uh, you know, continues to talk about the fighting the Soviets, all this stuff. And, you know, clearly then when Ike spikes, uh, spies the handkerchief, uh, handkerchief that has uh, Mamie's. Mamie's initials on it, uh, he gets pretty pissed and realizes that his wife's going behind his back. So there's a great line when I like when when Mamie says, well, excuse me, Mr. Man, when he comes in and knocks Mm -hmm. the pot out of her kid. or whatever. (laughs) Um, But even then, he's like, he's like, what's gotten into you? There's something wrong. And then we quickly learn what got into her. Literally inside of her. An alien. Is an alien, which they apparently are also just like parasitic. Like someone can survive with an alien inside of them because they're like, well, she's still in here with me. And he's right. like, well, you promised my wife was okay. But, uh, man, the scene with her eyes rolling back in, in white was great. Amazing. It was really good. It was really yeah. good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of get the idea that, like, Ike is being pressured to do what he has and, to.
1: Yeah, and now he has stakes of not just the country, but the woman he loves. So
0: Exactly. And so we kind of start to put the pieces together about how he got to... Make this treaty. Both where things about. are happening in the JFK era, and then jump to, of course, the modern day, which we do immediately after this. Mm-hmm. Kendall, Kendall, and company are racing to the hospital. This is immediately after, or presumably not too long after, they all just got their positive pregnancy tests. Uh, but their bellies are like quite swollen already at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um They're maybe they're. I don't think they're actually in labor, but they're just like they're they're like definitely their full term. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And as Kendall is driving, she kind of continues to be just like this, uh, you know, purveyor of very kind of, um, I don't know, sci-fi type knowledge on different things. <laughs> she, uh, I think she talks about having just Googled it again, too. So she's just Googling all sorts of things, even though she's not, she's Which, supposed to be off of Google, if we remember.
1: So from this, literally, we learn that the whole reason of her like having that relationship with a professor is just so they wouldn't have their cell phones when they were on their camping trip. Because like she's a she's a pre-med student. I, I can't remember if she's pre-med or med. I think she's pre-med. But she, it's, it's like that was just unnecessary in the sense of uh, the only device it was was to make sure that they didn't have their technology and the technology conversation uh, when they were camping. And now it's just like full-on pregnancy heading to go get their ultrasounds.
0: She, drills, she still kind of Jay- tries to be the practical person saying, well, maybe it's a, a government experiment just like Chernobyl and it's radiation or something. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it's she's not, you know, way off. True. Um, but, again, uh, that's not the case. And we get this scene in the doctor's office when Jamie gets an ultrasound. Um, this reminds me of the scene in Murder House that, you know, when... Uh the, the Harmons are at there and then I believe the doctor passes out and we later find out that like is the she... devil. Yeah, face. and then it like and it completely broke the the doctor who was doing the ultrasound, I believe, in yep. Murder House. This doctor doesn't quite have that same reaction, but clearly panics and runs out, and then the difference here being that like we get a really <laughs> when when they hook up Troy, we get a really vivid image of like what exactly is happening in in the womb there. <laughs> it's kind of horrifying. Yeah. This creature kicking around and um, oh, and I, did, I forgot to mention too that apparently Jamie has like there's twin heartbeats. It's not entirely sure like exactly what's happening. Inside yeah, I was
1: curious. I was curious about that because she said the twins run in your family, but then when we see Troy's, um, it's definitely just one alien infant or fetus in there, but. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if I saw that on a in a in ultrasound, I would definitely not think that that's so we, well, we didn't get to see Jamie's. So we, Jamie might have something else happening in her. But
0: right.
1: But definitely it registered to something like, whoa, this is <laughs> really bizarre. And she needed to call her superior and or her expert in.
0: Well, maybe aliens have you know, two hearts or, you know, a heart that beats or their 40. eye
1: looked like a heart. I don't know. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. It's not. It's. I think you know more than anything, it was just supposed to indicate that something. There's not. There's not a normal child inside of you. Yeah. I think is probably what we're supposed to be learning here. Yeah. Um, and if, this is the first time that Troy kind of says like, "How is this going to get out of me?" I think. Yeah. Which is something that kind of becomes is, yes. a lot more panicked about as we get later into this episode. Yeah. Uh, out the window, of course, we see a cadre of uh, secret service agents arrive, um, or it looks like secret service agents. I'm almost expecting, you know, the men in black here to come in and, like, pull out, you know, little uh, memory eraser erasers and yeah. press the thing. But instead, they shoot the doctor. Um, and then the second one puts a second bullet in her just in case, you know, because we've got to make sure she's not going to leak anything. And they burst in the room and sedate the students. Fast forward to uh, Kendall waking up in this strange sterile like white uh, yeah room. they're all floating mm. hooked mm. up to some stuff right and we immediately recognize the voice of angelica ross yeah who's kind of watching over them and what is a pretty badass mask i have to say i kind of dug yes, it. yes
1: i liked it this is a good mm. halloween costume for people if they're interested
0: yeah i agree um and you know i think Kendall is like starting to ask questions. I mean, really, we're just kind of getting repeat information here because the, you know, Angelica Ross's character is again saying that, you know, it's the trying to make a, a race survive. And then Kendall's like, well, you can't, you know, something about humans, and she's like, well, it's not humanity that we're trying to save or something along those lines. But we also get an insinuation here that even though Angelica Ross's character is wearing a mask, which actually we know her character from just IMBD is named Theta, mm-hmm. that... Theta is not necess- She doesn't consider herself alien, uh, or at least not fully alien, but we don't know why. Again, you know, she does this little mind trick with a wave of her hand to Candle, passes out again, and wake up in an all white cafeteria. Again, very mm-hmm. sterile, almost mental asylum esque mm-hmm. vibes, uh, with pregnant men and women eating these strange jelly cubes. It's the pregnancy ward. Mm-hmm. and we see leslie grossman uh aka dr calico calico yeah oh my god to, she's so good in this talking to steve jobs yeah I, yeah yeah like
1: even before um cal comes in and says like was that steve jobs was like <laughs> because everyone's dressed in white and we got the one guy with the glasses the shaved head and the scruff with the black turtleneck like that's supposed to be steve jobs so Kind of a fun reference, but also like, I don't know, a little weird.
0: (laughs) Well, like, what's... Did you pick up on what he's supposed to be doing there? Is it because everything's, like, white and very sleek that, like, he came to help design this alien maternity ward? Or is he one of the carriers of the children? (laughs) I assumed he was
1: one of the carriers, and that's why he disappeared or whatever. But, um, because Calico at one point says, oh yeah, he just dresses differently. And she, like, assuages his Concerns about whatever he's asking about, and then he says, "Okay," and then he moves on.
0: Yeah, Uh, curious if anyone has deeper analysis on what Steve Jobs is doing in the alien. Yeah, uh, I didn't. Other conspiracy
1: theories about Steve Jobs,
0: let us know. But we learned that Calico was a Vegas showgirl, and then basically has been a baby mule for the aliens since 1979, I Mm -hmm. believe. So not, not too much, not you know. 16 years after uh, our, our flashbacks to the past. Um, and Dr. Calico also seems very cagey about what exactly happens to most people after birth. Because, again, Troy's kind of pushing, like, well, we got to go home, right? We got to go home and I got to be my normal self. And how does this baby get out of me? She's like, mm, don't ask questions. Starts to panic about the how the baby's going to come out. And tasers come out again. And then he wakes, there's a lot of like passing out, and waking up in new places. Yeah. And he wakes up in a birthing chair with Theta and we get this message again, life must find its way. That's how it's going to get out. So you kind of get the idea that it's like going to like- Very Jurassic Park. Yeah. It's going to like shove its, you know, clawed hand out of his stomach or something along those lines.
1: Chest burster type alien experience possibly.
0: Yeah. It's going to punch its way out. Uh, and, of course, this episode ends with Theta removing her mask, and we see that she is half human, half alien. So I think the insinuation is supposed to be that she is one of the first successful hybrid births from, you know, an alien being implanted yes. in a human subject.
1: Yep. And now she's working for the, for the company. Exactly.
0: So. Wow. Um yeah. Where, do we even, where do we even begin? I know that you and I were pretty critical of the present day storyline last time. Did you find yourself to be uh, feeling the same way this go round?
1: Um, I found it way better than last time, to be honest. I thought this was much better. Well, well done. And, you know, I was trying to think of was that because they laid so much groundwork with our uh, present day protagonists? Um, because we talked about this last week, the the present day protagonists, the four college students, were definitely their story felt like it was a, uh, American Horror Stories episode. Now that we're in episode two of Death Valley, um, I think I'm 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 somewhat. More invested in them, and I, I like where it's at because it's much more present day sci fi of a modern horror story that we would hear. Um, I am still much more interested in the past, uh, in the black and white that's the '60s version. That being said, the '60s version seems like it's just moving really quickly and a little bit all over the place, and I'd rather just spend time building that story, working through that a little bit more with to an endpoint that maybe leads to what's happening in the future and this whole present day story being the epilogue of whatever happened in the past. Uh, That being said, um, our actresses and actors in the present day are doing a good job and it's less sexualized so it's much more, you know, interested in what's happening. They are not the most, still not the most compelling characters that I care about that much. (laughs) Um, and I don't know if that's the point or not, but they're not that interesting. They 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 paint them as kind of assholes. So and r- these rich assholes too. So I I don't care about them. I think it would be a little better if I, if they were more interesting. But then it wouldn't be American Horror Story if it wasn't these campy, eccentric, over the top, uh, rich sort of along the lines of. Um, of our witches from uh, American Catholic. Horror Story as well, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, how how are you feeling about the the new the, this episode with the past and the present?
0: Yeah, compared to last uh, f- week, few thoughts. There's there was a lot of time jumps this episode, and I think that's probably I like this episode definitely more than last episode. I I think I like that we spent more time in the past. Even so, it, within the past, we had a significant number of time jumps. You know, back nine years, yeah. The back, you know, and then we would have like Marilyn Monroe tells a thing and then we see Marilyn Monroe as a child, which I don't really know what we got out of like a f- that, you know, that flashback. I mean, we're going to get more from her next time, but did we really need to see it? Because she, couldn't she have just voiced it over. It would have just taken, you know, it didn't seem like it was necessary to show it. Um, so it, was, it, it I get your point when you were kind of saying it felt like a little like haphazard in the way we were jumping it back and forth. I also was more OK with the present day timeline this at this point in time, because it it seemed like it was faster moving, it was not as dawdling on you know the lives of these college students um, in what felt like a gratuitous or indulgent way that was not connected to the story, which we complained about, I still feel like I don't I did not need all the backstory on them last episode to get to where we are today. I feel like they could have condensed the portion of present day in last episode to 10 to 15 minutes of these kids going to the desert and getting impregnated and I didn't need to know who all they were, how they were connected to each other. Um, You know, I don't really, I I still don't fully understand exactly how that plays into the story. other than it gives them a little bit of personality, but to that end, I don't even really like their personalities that much. And I agree that the acting was somewhat better this episode, but I'm still not sold on Kaya Gerber. I have to say we were not big fans of her in American horror stories. I don't think she's that she's a little bit stronger, but not much. In Death Valley, in my opinion, so maybe it's an unpopular opinion. I'll be curious if others feel the same way. I'm not I think, fully sure. I think she's
1: doing. I think she's doing way better than this. Like again, it's 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 not asking a lot in the role, but this this seems much more like par for the course of that type of a like her part of this story that she's doing much better than Ruby. <laughs> sorry, Kaya. Like she but had again, some. She's the her her hair looks perfect when she's doing when she's laying in her th- anyway. Continue, sorry.
0: She had some lines when she was like in the original like alien. I don't know inventory room when Theta comes over and it's like having the cords attached. And I I felt like there was just some very clunky lines that that uh, Kendall delivered in that moment that I was like ugh. I don't I don't love that, but. I will say that overall, I thought this episode was significantly better than last episode. I liked all the historical tie-ins. I thought Sarah Paulson was awesome. I thought the actor who played Nixon was great. Uh, I think, you know, the Eisenhower and Kennedy were also really good. So I I am enjoying all the kind of historical characters we have. And I think there's a lot of layers happening there, to your point, where you're kind of pulling in all these different backstories of historical um, context that is really kind of important to getting a sense of what's happening in the time. Uh, I am not sure whether or not we're going to get that tie into red time. We talked about this at the beginning. You know, we've seen, we we were excited when we saw Leslie Grossman and when we saw Angelica Ross in the cast for this, because it's like, well, are they going to be reprising Ursula and the chemist? And I think it's fair to say Dr. Calico is not Ursula. (laughs) And unless there's a tie in between Theta and the chemist, which there could be in theory, maybe. But we have to keep in mind, this is the present. Theta's existing in the present day in the same timeline as the chemist is. So it's unclear what that connection would be at this point in time. So I will say that while I am not as, not as over the top as I was for a lot of red tide, I thought this was better than last episode. Uh, what should we rate this episode by?
1: Ooh. Hmm. What do you, you do you have any ideas? I'm trying to think like turned over brownies.
0: <laughs> um or
1: fudge or whatever she's nah, that's stupid.
0: Oh I I forgot what you were even referencing for a second there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Remember when Mamie's fudge brownies or whatever she was yeah yeah yeah.
0: um exploded heads but that seems too easy uh you know alien microwaves could be an option if you want to wait i have
1: two i wait i have two questions for you before we think about it for a sec i have two questions for you one is um was amelia Earhart in that white room and did she escape with her baby while she was pregnant because she was missing for a lot of years, and we know that a lot of our other characters, primarily um, Calico, Doctor Calico, she's been there since 1979. So was main or was um, Amelia Earhart in the early version of whatever that room was to deliver the alien baby, and did she escape? Or was she just impregnated and they didn't have the room yet?
0: Well, she was subject number one. Um, Right? She was was the first experiment. So so where was
1: she during all those years?
0: I mean, I think she was definitely with the aliens, is the insinuation. And maybe they were trying to figure out how to impregnate her. I mean, they were able to freeze her from aging, similar to Dr. Calico, uh, you know, somehow. through. So maybe she was just on the ship. Yeah, or something. I mean, yes. That's my guess is that the aliens were in possession of her. They were doing all sorts of probes and experimentation and figuring out how are they going to get her pregnant? Maybe, maybe her partner. Remember how Fred, what's his name, was her oh, partner yeah. on the flight? Maybe they tried to get him pregnant and he, he it didn't take the first time. You know, so they couldn't figure out how to get a man pregnant just yet.
1: Uh, question number two is where is this room located? Is it on Earth or is it like hovering
0: above on a ship? I was thinking that by modern day, especially seeing as, you know, the U.S. government's complicit in what's happening here, that maybe there are secret bases on Earth that the aliens run where they're doing this kind of stuff. So that way they don't have to worry about, you know, pulling people up with tractor beams and and being exposed. You know, there's a lot more sophisticated radar systems and things, but maybe the U.S. government shields them from being seen. So maybe there's a ship hovering off the maybe it's yeah, in a microwave there you go maybe <laughs> uh, <that> <laughs> what would you do
1: if you were impregnated and you were put into that room what would you do in that sitch
0: i mean i would, would be you... very concerned about how it would come out i think
1: um, yeah. Would you fight would you be a one and done or would you just be like well i guess i'm going to be here and just having babies once a year just like calico
0: so you have to think that i mean maybe we'll learn more about the logistics of this that dr calico has a baby survives somehow and then is put to sleep and wakes up again with another baby maybe uh kind of reminds me of like situation on like you know like a factory farm where you have like you know some um, some animal that is just like being used it's just like a you know prize no, normally it's like you know it, it, normally it's like uh what do they call the, the the race horses where it's like the the horse that comes in and like the studs the, yeah yeah they br- they bring the stud in to just continue to kind knock with the line stuff mm-hmm. yeah it's it's very animalistic you know the way that they're being used
1: I I mean, at least you're not getting raped, I guess. I don't know. I mean, you're still getting raped because you're getting a baby put in you.
0: I mean, we don't know that also. We don't know how they get in there. Inaculate conception. We we don't know how they get in there.
1: Uh, uh, Final question for you is um, the pregnancy stomachs. So like how they look. How do you think that looked accurate? Or I mean, you are the most directly experiencing this with your wife. So how do you think that would, Do you think you did a good job uh, representing what that looked like with the makeup and effects?
0: Good question. Yes. For for those who don't know, my wife is uh, very pregnant at the moment, Um, about eight months pregnant. (laughs) And, I mean, maybe has an alien baby inside of her because it is moving and trying to punch its way out all the time, (laughs) Um, but definitely does not look perfectly round like all the people floating in that maternity ward is lumpy and always moving and lopsided and turn different directions and things like that. So, but, you know, you see that kind of stereotype perpetuated on TV and in movies all the time of this kind of perfectly round belly. So...
1: I've decided what we're gonna rank this as, uh, Jello cubes.
0: Ooh, you were thinking of that in the back of your mind through all this.
1: Uh, I wasn't. It just came to me.
0: Maternity alien. Uh, yeah, it's it's alien prenatal vitamin jelly cubes. Yeah. <laughs> prenatal vitamin cube Jello cubes. <laughs> mm. I, let's see, I think last week I I split the episode and I rated the first half and the back half. I'm not going to do that on this episode. I'm going to rate it cohesively because I felt like it was more cohesive. Yes, I agree. I am going to give the full episode, let's see. I'm going to give it a, I think, a 3.75. That's where I'm at. 3.75.
1: Stop it. That's what I was going to do. That is exactly what I was going to do. Yeah? 3.75. It's not a four, which is like a solid one. It's It was good. At, it, a four for me is like good enough. Did a good job. I liked it. 3.75 was like, eh, it was fine. And it, it had its had moments. Its issues. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yep, uh-huh. yep, exactly. All right, so seven and a half?
0: Not bad. I mean, definitely not bad. That's I, Way I mean, better
1: than last episode.
0: Yeah, I think it's... Well, in last episode it had its moments too, but the uh not so good moments were worse last episode i
1: I wonder if it's because we've had the like enough we've had two weeks distance from the finale the not great finale of red, red tide, tide that we are giving this a little more than we would normally do and I only say that because our friend gave us our rankings from all our previous episodes and showed us what we actually so whenever we've ranked our episodes. Uh, and he kindly—I think that's his pronouns—but we uh, ranked all, gave us the averages of all the episodes we've done, and they do not match up to exactly how we rank our episodes and how we feel in our hearts. So, three point seven five could be generous, but in a year, I'm curious if we revisit this and see how we feel.
0: As always, the case memory does interesting things to yeah. Our perceptions. Anything else you would want to say about this episode or about the two episodes we have left?
1: Um, I'm excited to see what they're going to do because only two episodes are wrap up this and hopefully connect it. But also, like, at this point, do we want to connect it? Um, it, it they they feel very disparate, but. Right. I don't know. That's and all I have we, to say. And we get
0: Cody for next episode.
1: We do. We do. We do, which I'm excited about. I'm very
0: excited about that. Yeah, who it's 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 unclear to me right now which character he's playing. Did you catch on? I think it might be another president. I wasn't sure.
1: I, no, I think he just walks into the room and says, I think you were
0: expecting me or something like that. Hmm, okay, so we don't know who it is yet. So that'll no. be interesting, but excited to, to have him. And it's in the past too. So and we're getting some Marilyn Monroe stuff happening. There's all sorts of interesting vibes. So that is... Plenty to look forward to in our penultimate Ooh. episode of American Horror Story Double Feature. are we going to Final question: us?
1: Are any of our four uh, protagonists in the current present time going to survive?
0: Well, it doesn't feel to me like it's going to be Troy or Cal. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be either Kendall or Jamie. I feel like Kendall's. Kind of our main character to a certain extent. She is, yeah. So maybe she'll she's our final girl. Uh, is that our guess here? I
1: could see her get out, and I could see Jamie maybe deciding that I'm just going to be a reproduction vesicle. Yeah, if she's. Or maybe maybe it'll be Kendall that she's just going to decide this. Somebody's going to stay there and do it. I think. I think.
0: Don't you think there's also something about, you know, Kendall being in, you know, the last episode having that whole thing about being so against technology and that whole professor that's anti technology, and then we yep. this episode's all about the technology the aliens enabled, and we're kind of connecting the dots between, you know, maybe the aliens invented cell phones and Google and five G and all this kind of stuff, you know?
1: Of course, they're gonna connect it all together.
0: <laughs> uh, that's why hope. Steve Jobs cool. was there yeah there we go we hope so we hope so um yeah are you gonna be bummed if there's not a red tide tie-in in in the end
1: i don't know i originally was gonna be bummed but now i'm like i don't know i just want them to make sure they tie this second half up correctly um i i I really do wish they just stuck with uh red tide and done it because it was so good uh, the way, and I think everyone knows at this point, and everyone's thought about it and reviewed it, and the the finale to the Red Tide part was not the greatest, uh, but everyone was loving Red Tide. So, if they try to tie it in, it might feel really forced, and that might make everything else worse. <laughs> it's true. Um, mm-hmm. But if they magically do it, uh, I will be super super stoked. Yeah, we're Where gonna need, to need like,
0: go? we might find ourselves need, like needing to ask for. Like a uh, Red Tide finale director's cut or something Yeah, like that.
1: right, yeah. And also, like, give me the crow if I'm, like, just reviewing this horribly. And I would love to eat crow at the end of episode 10 and say, like, wow, that was just brilliant.
0: Totally agree. Me too. We will see what happens. There's, again, only two episodes left to tie this story up. Not entirely clear where we're going, but... It'll be interesting. I think we'll we'll connect the dots between the past and the modern day, that's for sure. So anyway, thank you all again, as always, for sending us your thoughts and feelings and questions and theories. Continue to do so. We sincerely appreciate it and like to integrate them as much as possible. You can do that at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com by sending us an email or by joining us at um, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thisamericanhorrorstory. Chris, where can people find you between now and next week? I will be on Twitter and
1: Instagram, at Chris Chris with a K. Tyler, where can people find you?
0: You can find me on those platforms, at TJMoss11. And I'll be honest, I have not been inspired to post very much since the beginning of the pandemic. I don't know if you're still posting pretty often. I need to get back to it. On I, Instagram or Twitter. Both. I just feel like I don't have, I'm just like, I'm home all the time. I don't have as many things to say. I'm not out in the world. Who wants to hear from me? Oh, I need to get my, I, my, my social media confidence back.
1: I'm just retweeting things mostly. Um, but then my Instagram is just mostly my
0: daughter. <laughs> well, I don't have one of those to, to post photos of. So, yeah. There you go. I do have a dog, though. I can just do more dog photos. Uh,
1: Barley should absolutely be featured.
0: <laughs> oh, she
1: is. She is.
0: Oh, and always uh, uh, rate us, review us on iTunes. All your <sighs> iTunes. Jeez. Apple iTunes. podcasts. Man, I'm ugh, what ai am I'm a friggin. Luddite. Even then,
1: you know, Spotify is like the most like what everyone's mostly gravitating toward
0: for uh, podcasts these days. Well, do you know what actually the most listened to podcast platform is? YouTube, people mainly listen to. Podcasts I know. On should we, we should we put these on YouTube? Maybe we should be on YouTube. People, let us know if you prefer us to put these episodes on YouTube. Do you want to watch our videos of us? Well, it's not. It's not even videos. It, you just oh, put a tile. T- audio. People put a tile on there and listen to the audio because everyone has YouTube on their phone. You know. So that's true. Mm. Think about that's it. True. Let us know. Anyway, again, we appreciate you all. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Whether you go watch malignant or whether you go watch uh, You've Got Mail. We hope you yeah, have a we, good one.
1: We should, we should do another podcast about You've Got Mail. We've talked way too much about it, but it's <laughs> so good.
0: Well, it was my first time, so you know it. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Alright, everybody. Have a great week. Happy holidays.